Oh, man. Oh, internet, internet, internet. It's episode number... Oh, God. Wrong 52. View. 52 <laughs> of Brethren Around. I, I have also I have 13 scenes on my open broadcast software, and I think I clicked nine of them just now. I don't want my... Rattled around. But welcome. It's Brethren Around, episode number 52. And joined today, not by the full crew, but 75% of the crew... We got myself, Mr. Comedy Hobo West Gardner. We got Miss Moriarty time. How are you? Hello. I'm okay. Doing doing good, doing good. And and uh Mr. Todd EVF. Yep. Rocking What's the going on? Rocking the Reno nine one one stash. <laughs> I like it. Should just start going around dick flipping people now. So <laughs> yes. do it, man. Joey Ryan, baby. Oh, it's looking good. Big bottle uh, big bottle of piss in one hand and just dick flipping people with the other. <laughs> Oh, it's good times. Oh, that's what I call living. You know? That's what, this I, call is what I call living. <laughs> some, see, I'm the old foggy. I have, like, tea in here. I'm like, oh, I needed some tea for the mm, vocals. Mm. I needed triple distilled Irish whiskey IPA <laughs> edition. So I have cake vodka somewhere. Hang on, I can make the party. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I should have oh. got I still have a bunch of Dos Equis from when I got married. <laughs> So that's only what a year. Oh, about wow. a year. I yeah. Should... Well, you don't always drink, but when you there's do, Dos Equis in but the when fridge. I do, when I do, it's five year old Dos Equis. That's what <laughs> it just ages beautifully off the shelf. So yep. good. <laughs> that that is true. Like I'll go through a, a deal where you know I'll have guy, and I used to be like oh two a day type of stuff, but now it's like if you get me a six pack of beer. A six mm-hmm. pack, that could easily last me four months, right? Easily, because I'll forget I have it, and then I'll be like, one of these days when I don't have really anything else to do later in the day or early the next morning or whatever, I'll have one of them, one of them. I'll just have it, one. I'll treat it's, myself. It's very situational. Yeah. I mean, because I'm kind of the same way, but if I'm buying it because I know something's going on, yeah, it's gone that day. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because if I were to pick it up, like going to a party, or like, oh, another couple wanted us over for dinner or something, and they yep. want us to bring drinks, then yeah, it's it's a done deal. You but bring two I, six packs, one for you, one for them, and <laughs> you're dead. You're just in the corner, like, uh, perfectly Caress. normal, perfectly Caress. healthy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Are you okay? Yes. You have the bottle of Jameson, and you're like." <laughs> like, uh, I leave it alone. Okay, my precious. Yeah, my. <laughs> God, here you're like Jameson, Jameson instead of Gollum, like Gollum, Gollum. Nope. <laughs> Nobody oh. drinks for my precious sis. <laughs> well, how you know you really made it is like put it in your own sippy cup, but have the sippy cup with the handles on the side. But it has like, to have the two. <laughs> Yes. Out of the dollar bin at Walmart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know they're made just of the highest quality. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you don't have to worry about accidentally poisoning yourself. So, I mean. Oh, no. I mean, that plastic's probably molded all the way, right? It's probably dried <laughs> by the time it got to the store. Who knows Who knows what will break off into that uh, delicious beverage for your children. Yeah. Then you find out it was Tom Nook that made it. It's you all the yeah. money. <laughs> He's like, yeah, those bells I gave you. 
By the way, how are you liking it? I saw, pro- God, this was even probably like, what, three weeks ago, that you were playing some Animal Crossing on yeah. uh, on stream. GameCube version, right? It was yes. a GameCube version. Yep. And yep. it was funny, because the day after, I think I was streaming, and Mori joined my stream, and I was like, oh, I saw Todd, in, I saw you in Todd's chat, and I saw, you know, he was playing uh, some Animal Crossing. And she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, he's liking it, it's really bizarre, but it's good. And I was like... Let me tell you a way to get two hundred thousand bells in fifteen minutes. And she's like, "What did I? Whoa, hold on a minute! Like, are we going down an alley? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I can show so, you how to get some bells." So, I mean, I was what what I thought was fun was, um, I mean, somebody in my chat, Air I think quotes. it may have been Thurballin, said, uh, mm-hmm. "Oh, so you're playing a game about human slavery?" And I'm like, "Yeah, basically." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Because, I mean, you're the only human there. True. You're Tom Nook's bitch. True. Because he does that whole thing of like, oh, hey, got a nice house for you. I got four of them. Choose the one you want. All right. You like this one? Really set on that? Yeah. Yeah. I really like this one. Okay, cool. That'll be 18,000 bells. Yeah. And you're like, I have a thousand. Oh, I'll let you move in there. You just have to work for me now. Yeah. Yeah. And then you do like. Honestly, like 20 minutes worth of work for him. Like, and it's just like all this fetch quest bullshit. And he's just like, now you only, you you gave me the thousand bells already. So that knocked it down to 17. Now you only owe me 1680, like 16,800 bells. And I'm like, the fuck? I went, make sure you deliver it to the post office. Can't be seeing an exchange between you and me. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You have to give it by envelope. If you can't, if it's not white and cut, you can't, you can't snort stuff through it. Tom Nook doesn't want it. Yep. That's basically what it yep. is. Uh, I've never played Animal Crossing. I have to try it now. Oh, it's, it, I mean, he, he makes a, uh, I want to say he makes a comment in the first game, like, uh-huh. oh, and if I don't get my money, I might have to send my raccoon goons after you. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. and then he's just like, oh, I'm just kidding. And you're like, and he I'm does this party like, burr, burr, burr. Boss. I'm yeah. sitting there playing this and I'm like, you're not kidding. No, like, I know he how is, this goes. He's very real. And because I'm like, and, and I will say this lovingly is I, I actually have a 3DS and I have my 3DS by my bed every single night. Every mm-hmm. night before bed, I'm the old man that has to, you know, instead of like reading a chapter of a book, I have to play like two or three games on the 3DS. But Animal Crossing is part of my daily routine. So I'll turn it on, and I'll tell you the first thing that I do. So in this one, in the 3DS version, Tom Nook's not there. It's his sons. So it's his two sons. And his his name is, like, it's Tim Timmy Nook and, like, something else, like Ed or something. But they're the little (laughs) tiny ones, so they wear wear little, like, aprons and stuff. And they're like, ha-ha, we have all these fun hobbies. Like, we're, we're meat butchers. And, like, you'll go, and they'll be, like, cooking and shit. And they're like, ha-ha, we can't wait to get your money. Be sure to pay us with the... So they're, like, very well-trained. And so what my what my deal is is, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start the game. I'm a shovel. I need to go dig the fossils. I'm going to yeah. get the fossils, and then I need to go to Blathers, because Blathers is the only person that knows how to identify the fossils. So I have to go over to the... And I'm like, here's my fossils. And I know I have a good night in Animal Crossing if I find four. You don't always find four, but sometimes you find four. And I'm like, oh, four, it's going to be payday today. Woo-hoo! So, so what you do is you go and you hope. You're like, Blathers, please look at my fossils. And he's like, all right, uh, we already have all these. And I was like, yes, that means I get to sell them. 
But sometimes he'll be like, no, we still need this one in the museum. So I'm going to take that one and we're going to. Mm-hmm. And for the first like month, I wouldn't make any money. I was like, oh, because every fossil I would find, he's like, we could use this in the museum. Thank you so much. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Would you like to donate it? It'd be a real shame if you didn't donate it. Like, <laughs> Fuck, you could have it. Here, just take it. But now the, the you know museum's about 90% done. So I think it's seasonal. Like, literally seasonal. Now that it's spring, I bet the fossils are different, and, like, mm-hmm. it'll fill out the museum. So I do that, and then I'll go, and then I'll go hit the shovel against all the rocks. Because sometimes the rocks give you money. So, mm-hmm. like, you'll hit it, and then the coins will pop out, and the bags will pop out, and you'll be like, yeah, money! And I, this is terrible that I know this, but you get exactly 6,622 bells if you get all of the coins out of the deal. And I know that because I budgeted in. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do that. Now I get to go on a boat and I go to an island and catch a bunch of bugs. And the bugs you have to sneak up on. You have to like sneak up with a little thing. This is like mm-hmm. an hour and a half every fucking night. My oh my time God. my time on Animal Crossing for the 3DS, and I've had it since September, is like mm-hmm. 276 hours. Oh my God. That, that's my time played. And it's just doing the same shit over and over. Like, I'll go do the fossils. Here, Blathers. Oh, thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Like, over and over. And then people were complaining about the town. Well, we wish you would do more public works projects. And I was like, fuck it. I'll buy you a well. So it's like, <laughs> like, here's a well. You can have a park bench. And I'm like, just shovel it out. Let's get it going. And then people like celebrate it. They're like, you're so good, Mayor. Thank you. But then, and here's where it gets you. Then people start spreading rumors. Mm-hmm. So they're like, so, Mayor, we heard you're a bell pincher. I was like, you motherfucker. Who do you think bought this well? You didn't do it. I, I gave that money willingly. I gave all of it. That little droid thing that dances around when you have to, like, donate to it. He says, we don't have any money. And then I just pay him all. And he's like, thanks for your patronage. And then the next day, they're like, oh, let's open up the, you know, the stop sign that I spent 200,000 bells on. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Just gouging, dude. So so I'm guessing you're waiting on them to release a version for the Switch. <laughs> yeah, see, and that, that'll be good. And that's another thing. After we talk about the Danny Bryan stuff, I'm having, like, should I buy a Switch? Because the more mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it, right? I love my 3DS dearly because I get mm-hmm. to play it in bed. Right. Yeah, Pokemon. Sure, let's do this. Oh, let's do some puzzle games. They also have this really insidious game. Speaking of like the the future of Tom Nook and stuff. Uh, so, do you guys have a 3ds? I do. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that 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 free to start game of the Crane game with the rabbit. Oh yeah. The badge mm-hmm. arcade or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. That rabbit is on another level of sleazy salesman because I don't he's know like. This game. Hang on. So it is free to play. You could download it for free. And it's called okay. ba- Badge Arcade. And I think on the eShop, it's actually at that part called Free to Start. Or it's like a menu thing that you can do. <laughs> and he's like, hey, welcome. And he's all chipper. And like, hey, well, he kind of looks like the Energizer Bunny. But he's a carny. Like, he's an actual carny. And God he, damn it. <laughs> he, he really is. And he's like, but what's really insidious about it is... He's he's a carny because you pay real money for coins to play the nope. uh, the the game the crane game. So like, so you get some free you get some free plays on that crane game every single day, right? You get some free plays. It's like oh, I'll give you two free plays. Let's get it going. 
and then you get it going, and then you get a practice play, and if you get enough of the badges, you you unlock another free play. But then after that, you can get five plays for a dollar. But it's a real dollar. And it's hooked up to your Nintendo account. So he's hustling you and all those children for real money <laughs> to play a crane game. That mm-hmm. he's he's an actual carny. Like a one hundred percent genuine and he he does all these like suave dance moves and stuff and he's like, Hey, we're doing some specials. If you get the pixel badges, we'll give you some free backgrounds. Like it's song and dancey. The whole thing. But I play it every night. I'm like, I'm just gonna <laughs> use my free plays. I'm not gonna I haven't spent a dime on it and I'm up Wait, to like no, seven hundred seven hundred and eighty nine badges or something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I haven't I I haven't spent a dime on it. So I was like, I'll stick it to you, man. Stick it to you, bunny. You can't you can't get me. I'm smarter than this. Wait, nope. Back. <laughs> I, I really gotta find my charger for this. And you have great taste. <laughs> I know. So do you. <laughs> nice the same 3DS. Oh, that's awesome. Should just pretend to throw it off screen and more he just picks Whoa, hers up. Hey. <laughs> oh, but man, 3DS. I, I still think 3DS. Thinking about it more and more. 3DS might be my favorite Nintendo system ever. I just I just wish that there was a more just an easier way to stream from it. Yeah. Without yeah. having to spend like four hundred dollars to get it fucking modded. Modded right. with HDMI out. Ugh. Yeah. That's a whole thing. Because um, I would I would play the shit. I have Majora's Mask. I could play the shit out of that on oh, the that's 3DS. A, that's a great I, version. Yeah, oh I yeah. To, I really need to play Zelda. I'm that person that hasn't played Zelda like really at all. I'm, I'm a sad geek. <laughs> no, no, it's I mean because no. everyone has one. Everyone has the one like thing that uh, oh everyone loves it. Everyone's played it. Everyone you oh how dare you never play blah blah blah. You know, mm-hmm. but every, everyone's got one. Um, See, I, I missed out on a lot of like the later Zelda stuff uh, mm-hmm. after the uh, SNES. Because I just right. I didn't have a sixty N sixty four didn't have a GameCube yeah. got games for the GameCube but I didn't have a right. GameCube you know so yeah sure sure so for me like when I got my 3ds everybody was just like the the port of Majora's Mask is fucking perfect oh it's good you need to and I'm like all right and that was the first I originally was gonna buy Monster Hunter. And they were like, oh, we're out of stock on it. I'm like, all right, fine. If you're out of stock on it, I'll just get it on the uh, the Nintendo shop. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, well, wait, we have a used. I'm just like, no, not interested. Nope. Nope. See, and that's the other thing. Oh, and because of the 3DS with the new 3DS and the how <laughs> it's so bizarre because I have a launch Nintendo 3DS. It's up mm-hmm. in my closet. Then I buckled down and I was like, okay, I play my 3DS a lot. And this thing's mm-hmm. wearing out. It's few years mm-hmm. old now you know I, I need to get the new one so i got the new nintendo 2ds xl so the one that has the the stick built in like the other stick built in mm-hmm. it cut out the 3d so the battery life's longer the screen's bigger and it's just like a bigger size deal so it's yeah. like top t- top tier connoisseur but it doesn't have like the 3d because i was like i never yeah. used it anyway like mm, yeah. it's cool to look at some stuff but the one game that I'm like, now I'm going to scour eBay for, and I think it's like 30 bucks, which is not bad. Dude, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater is on the freaking 3DS. Like, are you kidding me? This system has Metal Gear Solid 3. It has 
all these monster hunters. It has crazy Fire Emblem games. It has Dragon Quest. It has all, like, Super Metroid, Link to the Past, like, all these Super Nintendo classics. I'm like, are you... This one system has all this shit. And, like, if you want to talk about a game that takes forever to beat, you start digging into Etrian Odyssey. Etrian Odyssey is the biggest grognard neckbeardy RPG shit <laughs> because it's like old school Ultima and like you draw out your own map on the screen and like you okay well this enemy can kill you in two hits but if you customize your party a certain way like it's ridiculous that game is absurd um, mm-hmm. and I have three of them and one of them the I think it's 115 hours of my save file and I'm about halfway through it mm-hmm just monster games. And, you know, you pick these up cheap now because uh, yeah. everyone's all the hype's going for Switch. The 3DS are starting to clearance that stuff out. And uh, that's a great time to get it because there are some monster games on the 3DS. Like genuine bona fide classics. And, yeah, you got freaking Ocarina of Time. Uh, and it's fully backwards compatible with every DS game. So now you got that whole library. You got the Chrono Trigger perfect remake, like mm-hmm. remaster edition. You have Radiant Historia, which now just got re-released on 3DS, and just crazy, crazy value. Like especially if you're a fan of JRPGs. So mm-hmm. I uh, I just looked it up. Uh, were you looking for a like if you're looking for a new copy, like enjoy paying Buku bucks. Right. But um, found a used copy on GameStop. Twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you but can get it on the eShop for twenty bucks. So, but if you're the power power up reward elite pro member, <laughs> yeah, it's only fifteen ninety nine. See so, what's what's funny is like savings. I, I I will I will poke fun at that dumb elite shit. But guess who's an elite member? This guy right here. This <laughs> Joker. Mm. This ch- chucklehead. Um, but the, I will say because you know you spend the fifteen bucks a year or whatever. Plus, one of my boys writes for Game Informer, so it's like, Fair okay, enough. sure, give me, give me the Game Informer thing. Like, I'll read what Imran has to say. Absolutely, yeah, uh, you know. And then, but then sometimes they'll do like, oh, buy one get two free if you're a elite pro, blah blah blah. And I was like, yeah. that's how you stock up easy on like 360 games that are backwards compatible with Xbox One, mm-hmm. Mwah! because they give that shit away. So, so you make out like a bandit, man. Yeah, no, I, I shit, I, I will say that the uh, backwards compatible stuff is, it's, it's a sense of which games. Like some people are like, oh, I'll only buy a game if it's backwards compatible, but they seem to still be adding more to it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I bought a bunch of digital games on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So, like every now and then, I'll, I'll load up my my Xbox One and it'll just be like ready to install, and I'm like, oh, what do we have? <laughs> oh, we have uh, Crazy Taxi. That's amazing. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, because I saw you play, you were playing some Red Dead not too long ago. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, so that's the I big restar- one. I restarted Red Dead and I was just like, I, I've gotten to the point where I'll be, I'll, if I'm doing a long stream, I'll get like three to four hours into something and I'll just be like, I don't want to ruin this for me. So I'm going to go and play something else. now. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, Oh, it's so good. Whenever they announced that that game was coming to the backwards compat, I was like, yeah, done, but I want to buy the physical copy of it. Like, so, see, so the, I still haven't got it yet. See, and the thing is, is I have the physical copy, so mm. I have the physical oh, copy of it, but, um, 
if you don't have the DLC, mm-hmm. look for the uh, the game of the year. Red oh, Dead. yeah, because it came with the zombie thing, right? Well, the, well it comes um, with all the microtransaction bullshit DLC they had for, like, multiplayer, oh, which added yeah. certain things into single player as well, like ex- the explosive rifle and, and stuff. Gotcha. Right. But then it also added the whole Undead Nightmare campaign, which... Oh, that's what I'm which, thinking of, yeah. Which was actually really good um, for, for a zombie mode, basically. Yeah, but, well, that was... Rockstar, ever since... That really, they they were kind of on point with like Grand Theft Auto Four. What were the two that came out for that? It was uh, Lost and Damned and Ballad of Gay Tony. Yes, so both of those, like Lost and the Damned, was kind of the one because they were like, oh, oh yeah. this is. I mean, they basically made Sons of Anarchy, but inside of Grand Theft Auto Four. It was of of the DLCs for for uh, Grand Theft Auto Four, which about to celebrate its ten year, which is amazing. That's nuts. Because I remember buying it at launch. Yeah, and- <laughs> like I remember working midnight fucking launch on that game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was thankful we didn't do midnight launches, but <laughs> right. I, I remember working and then being like, we got we got 20 copies for the PS3 and we got 45 for the Xbox 360. And I'm like, can you pull one to the side for me? And they go, no. And I'm like, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm working when like the game doesn't come out for like a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be working that day anyway. No big deal. So it was just one of those situations, but yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm so happy. I've never had to work a midnight release. I'm so happy. I've never had to do that shit. There, there's a few that I loved working that like, I genuinely look back and I was like, that is a great memory and I'm going to take it to the grave. Cause that is some rad shit. So I didn't work at a game store during the launch of World of Warcraft, but I did during Wrath of the Lich King. Mm. And the mm. Wrath of the Lich King launch was fucking baller. That was the coolest <laughs> thing. Because, dude, it was a block's worth of people. Like, because we were on the inside. Well, no, we we worked at the EB Games that was in the inside of a mall. And, like, at the lower level, <clears> there's <throat> a Babbage's. And they both yeah. got bought out by GameStop. So basically, they took our stuff. And we all went to the GameStop that was in, like, a brick-and-mortar shopping center. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. whole parking lot was packed. And they had, like, a live oh, DJ out there. They had all kinds of stuff going on. They had pizza for everybody. And that pizza bill was probably ten grand. It had to have been. Because they fed everybody. Like, if you were waiting in line, hey, some people waiting 13, 14 hours. Here you go, man. They have all this stuff. They had the local news there. It was a riot. Um and yeah, so it was a, it was a big big deal. And then the other one, the other one was Final Fantasy twelve. I remember working that one too, and I still have my uh, collector's edition like jewel case, the the mm-hmm. oh whatever kind of case it is, and mm-hmm. the steelbook edition. Yeah, and uh, we were allowed to run. There was a documentary disc that came that comes with it, and we were allowed to run that on loop. And it talked about the history of Final Fantasy going up all the way to twelve. And uh, yeah, it's about an hour and twenty minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's actually really hard to find that disc. I think I still got it in mine. It's really hard to find that, and it's going for a whole bunch of money. Um, yep. But yeah, midnight launches usually suck. And, and but, twelve wasn't even like a super well received one either. No, yeah, it really wasn't. I mean, people got it and they're like, "What is this?" But I was yeah. way in it because I was just coming off of Ultima Online. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is just like Ultima. I, I felt like this <laughs> yeah. is an MMO, but I get to play it by myself, and there's a story. It's yep. amazing. Uh, which which was the one where they got rid of the magic system? Like, was that twelve? Uh, was it eight? 
Or no, because eight had junctions. Yeah. Um, so, so ba- well, they kind of did where you would basically, there were little areas in the world called junction points. And mm-hmm. you would run up and it looked like a save point and you would just draw. So you would mm-hmm. hit the X button and it's like, you pulled out three fires. You pulled out three blizzards. You pulled out three and each spot had its own. You were like mining yeah. water from the well. But it would mm-hmm. give you so magic worked like items. Like you could mm. have a certain amount of ice or Faraga or whatever. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So you could but then you could use that and if you had a junction or if you had one of your su- guardians, I think they called them, um which is the summoning, like Ifrit and Shiva and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would boost up whatever item you had. Like it worked okay, but it was really bizarre. It was off the beaten path, especially after mm-hmm. seven. Like seven yeah. was so cut and dry and very clear, and like you knew what you were doing, and you get this material and do that. But then eight really kind of changed yeah. that. They they took a different turn, and not a lot of people liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, a lot of people didn't like the movie either. But I'm just saying that's yeah. I enjoyed Spirit Spirit Within. Uh, yeah, I mean I did too. For what it was, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, same here. And people were leaving like, what the. I was like, yeah, it was some science shit. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was just like, like, this is this is amazing. Like, this yeah. is a, like super well done CG and so on. Like, I looked at it from a technical standpoint, oh, yeah. where I was it just was like, beautiful. This is fucking gorgeous. And I will I will make the argument that some there there are some big budget animated 3D films. I mean, like CG films that still can't hit the level of detail that they did in spirit within. That's true because like they would in, you know, the whole history lesson, you know, it almost bombed square like because they spent so much money and so much time on it. But if you go and look at it, even now, like you said, you look at some of the stuff, like if there's a, a big kiosk computer or something on a wall, if you look at it, there's like dusty fingerprints and stuff. Yeah, like it's, they went so deep down that rabbit hole of like realism and trying to get well, what's the light flare look like from this mm-hmm. thing? You know, they just spent forever on it. Yep. And like and, and that led to Advent Children, which I really liked. Like I'm a crazy guy that loved Advent Children. The only thing I don't like about Advent Children is now Square is trying to make all of their RPGs have Advent Children fights mm-hmm. like you know what i mean they're trying to zo oh, we're gonna flip and it started with final fantasy 13 which i despise like <laughs> that game is dog shit that is an absolute waste of time and i still mm-hmm. believe it. i have it on steam i have the physical copy i have got the collectors blah, 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 all this other stuff i've tried to play that game seven times can't get past the first two hours because i'm like nope this is terrible it's everything I mean, I if you bought it like. three times, <laughs> I, I, I did. I bought it, and I was like, I'm going to sell this shit, get rid of it. And then a, about a year would go by, and I was like, you, you are know, maybe I was, for punishment, sir. I was like, maybe I was too hard on it. Maybe, you know what, I like Final Fantasy. I'm a reasonable we, person. And we tend to do that shit, though, where it's yeah. just like, we get it, and we're like, uh, I can always just sell it and whatnot. And then you're like, no, because there's going to be that one day where it's going to finally click. Yeah, yes, because all <laughs> people love this thing. But the thing is, and people will always try to trip me up, and this is where the, all the send the hate mail to uh, yeah, brothering around somewhere. <laughs> send it, send it to one of us. We'll read it. Um, it's allowed. Yeah, feed <laughs> me your hate mail. <laughs> Give it. But people will always try to trip me up and like, ha ha, you hate Final Fantasy thirteen, but what do you think about Final Fantasy ten? 
I was like, I hate that shit too because of the exact same reasons. Yeah. Because all the linearity and like the overzealous voice acting and I have a love hate relationship with Ten. It has a special place in my heart solely because it's the first Final Fantasy game I ever played. Okay, well, see, and that's fair because any it's kind of like Mario Kart, right? Mm -hmm. They say the first one that you ever play is probably your favorite, um, or at least a stepping stone to. So yeah, I could totally Mm -hmm. see. And here's the thing: Final Fantasy Ten is way above thirteen. Way mm-hmm. above it. Like, as yeah. far as quality and the whole package and, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's not even close. However, it's still my second least favorite Final Fantasy. Because the stuff I love about it mm-hmm. is I'm, I'm the boring guy, man. I will I will level grind for mm-hmm. seven hours. Stay in the same place running in a circle. Like, <laughs> that's how my mind works. I'm like, yep. well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to min-max this and I need to blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell myself that stuff and I just have a patience for it. But ten didn't need to do that. Like Final right. Fantasy ten, the story was kind of goofy. But I will say there was some genuinely like poignant moments where yeah. I was like, "That was a really good setup." Like the mm-hmm. ending, people will talk about, "Oh, Titus and Yuna, mm-hmm. all the shit with Oron, man. Oron, oh my god, that dude is on point. Like mm-hmm. I was like, that's might be the best written character they've ever made yes. um, because he didn't say a whole lot, but nope. he didn't need to. And exactly. Normally, Square's very much like, let me talk about my emotions and let me know we're going to exposition for 20 hours. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Uh, but that was a character that they had enough confidence in that they yeah. let it breathe. They let it they, they let a thing happen. And then the big plot reveal with him at the end, mm-hmm. you, nothing is said. You just see it happen. And you're like, yep. oh, that makes total sense. And then all the shit starts happening. So I I also think one of the issues with 13 was it's super fucking long tutorial. It I I'm a big person about hyperbole. Like I do hyperbole mm-hmm. all the time. That is legitimately a 17 hour tutorial. And that's not Holy an exaggeration. Shit. I thought it was longer than that. It, it might it might because be. I've I've heard people legit and not even being ironic, like talking about. Uh, Final Fantasy 13 and people are like I really can't get into it and stuff like that and they're like well how many hours have you put into it and they're like oh I've put about 30 hours into it and they're like oh you're so you're still in the tutorial yeah. and you're like fucking what oh, right and, and here's the thing is I'm pretty apologetic about some dumb shit right yeah. I will be the first to admit you can quote me and talk shit on Metal Gear Solid all you want and that's fine because I know it's dumb and it's hokey and it makes no sense but I love it to death. I love it. I could yeah. write a thesis about it because I just, I'm in it. But with Final Fantasy 13, there is no excuse. I don't care what cockamamie idea you have. Because mm-hmm. here's the deal. If the first 30 hours was engaging, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. You could argue that some of the longer form games out now, Witcher, shit, Witcher 3, mm-hmm. probably it takes you about 20-ish hours to get used to that game. I mean, yeah, to yeah. really figure out what it is. But those first twenty hours are magic. It's like yeah, it's you want to keep you want to keep it is, going. It yeah. is completely engaging, and you're just like you don't realize you're playing a tutorial, right? That's Correct. that's the biggest thing. You're you're being introduced new things when you thought you saw it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's this constant revelation of like, oh, this is whoa! I could do what? What's Gwent? I don't know what Gwent is. Let me sit down. And, you got a fucking card game in this game? Like, fucking so, Gwent. Yeah, so you have that, right? You, but with Final Fantasy 13, it plays 
sorry for the pun, but it plays all of its cards in like Meh. 35 minutes. Yeah. Everything you're going to see for the first 20 hours, you see mm-hmm. in the first hour. Because it's like, yeah. oh, well, you're going to link up the, you know, oh, the battle system's really engaging. And it's like, not really, man. You just kind of, okay, you have three slots. Do I want a thing that takes up two slots and then a one slot attack? Or do I do the three separate ones? Or do I do the one long one? Yeah, and then they, on top of that, they also have the whole completely and totally forcing it down your throat for the rest of that time. It's mm-hmm. it's like, I know you're an hour 19, but we just want to remind you. Did you know? You have options. You could do two of them. You could do what you know, like, and then they do a star rating system on the battles. You got five stars on the battle. And you're like, I did thanks, great, fucking Dave Meltzer. I did. I I did. Yeah, it's like, thanks, Dave. Thanks for dusting me off. Like, get me, get me all that. What what do I get for my rank? Oh, you get a potion. A potion. No, I did a five you. star a five star boss fight. And congrats, you got an extra fifty gill. I, I just don't spend it all beer. in one place. I, I I don't care. I give a shit about your your fifty extra gill. I want cold beer for that five but, star but, battle. But Todd, let me tell you something. You got five <laughs> stars, and you know what we're gonna give you? A potion. That's I, we we know how hard you work. I I am going to give you the middle finger and walk the fuck away. <laughs> but but Todd, did you know how many choices you had in that? So you could have done this or this. And you still I, I, got know a how many cho- I know how many choices I had because you've only been telling me about the choices for the last mm, 18 and a half hours. So just so, <laughs> so we're clear, the choices you have really just – it's that. For that experience for 20 hours. Uninstall. And, 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 the, <laughs> and I think the biggest like – oh, the it is a straight line. Yeah, it's super ex- linear. You don't explore – it looks pretty. That game yeah. looks gorgeous. Holy shit. I, I think that's one of the problems with some of the games nowadays, though, where they're going for, like, the super gorgeous, but in doing so, they make things so fucking linear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... It's true. Um, um, have, you, have you played Sea of Thieves yet, or...? No, I have not. And I don't know if... Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. So I, I'm just... Like, I, I played it uh, on launch. It yeah. was, I had fun with it. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. But the thing is, it is a game you need to play with people. That is right. first and foremost. Sure. You need to play it with people. It's part of the Xbox Game Pass, which is like 10 a month. And I th- believe that covers oh, both PC and oh. console. Hmm. Because I was thinking about doing that anyway. Yeah. Just, so, I mean, just it's. Just to have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really nice huh. thing to have. And, um, but yeah, I mean, playing that. The, the first thing I will tell people about the game, because I learned this the hard way, there is no tutorial. They thro- just drop you right in the game. Fair. And you're just like, All right. what am I yeah. doing? Learn how to do this shit. Yeah. yeah. Got someone shooting cannonballs at your ass. Pirate. Yeah. <laughs> Go pirate it out. Yeah. Like, I, I got to talk to people or what? Where's my ship? I think, you know? uh, and it's funny because, you know, we mentioned like Monster Hunter earlier. And yeah. Monster Hunter has found huge success with Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad we're at a time now to where developers are are, and I think we could probably we could probably thank Dark Souls for this. Mm-hmm. Is cool point. We we have more games now that are deliberate, mm-hmm. like 
go be a pirate. We're going to give you mechanics on being a pirate, like boarding up the side gash in the side of your yeah. hull. And so you have to think that way or the same way like player unknowns battlegrounds. Mm-hmm, How right. you're going to land and fucking 100 people are coming at you. How would you do this in real life? Oh, well, I'd probably take this gun and then hide over here and then look out this window like that. You physically have to do the thing. Like, Mm -hmm. your character has to make the attempt of, instead of seeing a cutscene like Call of Duty where a helicopter's crashing and stuff, like, if the helicopter crashes, it's it's because somebody fucked up. Like, they can't drive the helicopter and they crashed it. Like, things are really happening. And so Sea of Thieves, you know, Fortnite or PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, you know, DayZ, Dark Souls, these games that you really have to train for. You have to, like, get better at it. You yeah. have to understand how the mechanics work. Get good, scrub. Yeah, 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 get good, bro. 420 blaze it, no scope. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, but that's that's what it is, right? You have to, and then you go to the real extreme and you play, like, Arma to where, or, like, a flight sim to where, like, the plane doesn't move unless you know exactly the trajectory of, like, every button on your keyboard does something type of thing to where... Yeah. Well, you have it's, to hold it, down the F7 and hold it's back. It's like playing Steel Battalion. Yeah. <laughs> you have the big old th- buttons and eject and oh. Um, have you have either of you had the, the pleasure of, of playing Steel Battalion with the control? Okay, my, so you know my, what's going my on. My buddy had – so it is a literal – so, Maury, it is genuinely a, a two-joystick – or no, one's a joystick and one's like a throttle. Right. Yeah, you had like the joystick, a, the throttle. You had like a myriad of buttons. And the it controller wraps around took, you a little bit. Yeah. Controller takes up two uh, controller ports. It has foot pedals. And then it has a little uh, plastic um, case on like the top corner that you have to flip up to hit your eject. Like it's just, it was, yeah. it, honestly, I will say it was arguably the best and most immersive mech game I've ever played. Oh yeah, because your control because what they did that was so genius about it is it was a, a pretty much a one to one. Like yeah. the, the HUD and the UI that you have in the game matches what you're looking at. Yeah. So you could get good enough that you wouldn't have to look down at your hands because you could see right. it on the screen, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. can hit the buttons and you were really like doing this stuff. Yeah, uh, super ballsy to do that. And like, oh yeah. <laughs> If you want to just have a heart attack, go look at the price of the full kit for that. Oh God! On eBay, oh buddy. Oh, well, at least at least for the first game, the the second one because oh, they yeah. made so many and people are just like these things are going to be rare. <laughs> they could barely give them away. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like Guitar Hero packs or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're like, please <laughs> take these, get them out of our store. Um, so yeah, like that's that's how I got the Rock Band two kit for like. 20 bucks <laughs> like that's hey, that's yeah. drums guitar microphone yeah, which i still use like yeah i i got the i got the uh guitar here alive for the wii u for three dollars sealed with the guitar they were like <laughs> please. i'm like yeah man yeah. thank you here we'll give you 20 bucks to take this from yeah, us please. <laughs> like, please we'll pay for your parking your lunch just come yeah. by we'll see we'll see you soon <laughs> just don't tell tom nook because we still own please, oh my god Please, we need to pedal. We thought it would give us our money back to get all these in the store, but it wouldn't. God damn it. We made a grave mistake. (laughs) Mistakes were made. That's how it sounds bad. And more hate mail send to Brothering Around. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about all those cryptocurrency people. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> they just bought it. I got my point zero zero one seven dog coin. Trade it, bro. <laughs> Fucking Tom Nook, your ass, man. That's what we got to do. We got to make a brothering around coin. Oh, I would not be. I be would not be against that. We have to have a render farm of this. <clears throat> yeah, that takes up the amount of yeah, like draws more energy than all of New Zealand. <laughs> and they're like, I mean, well, we what can you- just use New Zealand. I mean, oh, there you go. Oh, that's fair. Fair play. And it's like, oh well. So that seems like just a weird market to me because the only people buying that shit are other people buying that shit. Yeah. That seems like it's not going to work. <laughs> like, if we, if just the three of us started trading, like, push pins as currency, I mean, but it's, only it's, us three. It's so fucking Fallout. That is exactly oh, what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. You bottle we're just, caps. Like, yeah, we're yeah. just giving caps to each other. And they're not even real. There's no tangible evidence they ever existed. <laughs> like, that's some carny shit, dude. It's like, no, the thing says that you have the currency. So just keep getting the currency. And you're like, so I'm hearing that during Jeff Jarrett's acceptance speech for the Hall of Fame, he's going to bring up cryptocurrency and how they should oh. sign up for his Jarrett coin. Oh, oh my God. So, please let this happen. <laughs> Please let it happen. Uh, because the the uh, the global force gold thing didn't work out, so let's let's try uh, let's try some uh, some can, cryptocurrency. He can just go straight like Alex Jones and sell dick pills or whatever they sell <laughs> on those, those deals. <laughs> just be like, oh, it makes your brain smarter, brain fuel. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, I felt I always felt so bad because I worked in the supplement shop for a while and like I was a mm-hmm. sports supplement guy and everything. And the stuff the stuff's never never quite what Dr. Oz tells you. I'm sorry to yeah, say. It's never not. quite what they're so oh I'm gonna get this testosterone booster. And then you're <laughs> like that, that that's not really what it does. Like it the side effects, like yeah, you'll probably be more sexual and stuff but it's not raising anything it's just yeah, like mm-hmm. mm. so it, a lot of the the stuff is out but then anytime i hear someone say i took this supplement that only cost 20 dollars and it upped my brain activity by 200 percent oh you must have had no brain activity then <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah and like, not, he bought it and like the wife and i will be watching tv this hell this happened today we were watching uh some show on discovery and there was a commercial for like it was almost like a spa that you go to and they, they chill fat cells from your body. Like mm-hmm. it's called like the cold press or something. And like, yeah. Oh, you just go in and you lay down and we run this thing over your body. And then it's like your stomach and put it almost like a tanning bed and like, Oh, and then after 12 sessions, you're going to lose oh, fuck four, no. <laughs> 4% of your body fat. And I was like, <laughs> I just, from the kitchen, I yell fucking fake. Like <laughs> that shit ain't happening. No way. Nope. I mean, Thanks again, I'm, sorry. I, I'm I'm not gonna say that all supplements won't help you, mm-hmm. because yeah. some will. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, when you when you hit a certain age, you have to start worrying about things, and it means yeah. that you have to take four pills every morning to uh, to <laughs> ensure that you have a a, a healthy body. Um, <laughs> Your prudence uh, goes a long way, kids. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just like, but at the same time, you don't go and like, if you're buying supplements, know what you're getting. 
yeah, yeah. realize that if it says it's this kind of booster or it's going to increase this, they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just because I here's mean, the deal at the, at the end of the day, even the tobacco industry on the label, they put like, this is probably going to lead to something yeah. like they're like, ah, we advise you, you, we advise you not to do this. However, legally they cannot say, and even doctors can't say that smoking causes lung cancer. It's not a one-to-one. The correlation and causation are two different things. George mm-hmm. Burns, a stand-up comedian, smoked fucking cigars since the age of like seven. He lived mm-hmm. to be a hundred and nine years old. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. So it's yeah. not an everyday case thing. However, like on that same deal, anybody that claims that our supplement is definitely going to blah blah blah, mm-hmm. full of shit. Mo- the moment they say, if the tobacco company is not allowed to say. Yeah, this shit, this shit probably won't cause one, or like they're really wishy-washy yeah. about that. There's a way easier correlation of one-to-one to those two things yeah. than like, if you take this uh, fish oil pill, what that's <laughs> going to do is your bone cartilage is going to start. No, it's not like. <laughs> bone cartilage? Yeah, yeah. It's like, there's whatever. Like, you're, oh, I mean, there are certain things that they help with. But yeah. it's like some people would come up to me, oh, should I take a multivitamin? I've heard that, you know, I should or I've heard that I shouldn't. And I'm like, mm-hmm. sure. It's not going to hurt. You're going to get more vitamin. You're going to get more vitamin A than you had before because now you're getting right. vitamin A from somewhere. Shit. Or eat more carrots. It's, it's, like, it's funny. I I had a friend that worked in a, in a GNC. And yeah. it, the best thing would, would be to, just hanging out in the shop because I'm, I'm this fat kid. In, in a in a supplement store, which right. is hilarious. And I'm watching him just sell stuff. And then people are just like, should I get a multivitamin? He goes, yeah, absolutely. It's the best thing for you. And the second <laughs> I leave, he's just like, and I didn't even ring that up. That goes right in my pocket. <laughs> oh, like, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, they always say that the best supplement or like the best exercise is the one that you do. The best supplements, mm-hmm. the one that you take the best exercise. Yeah. yeah. So there's something to that. Like if you're, if you're willing to make the step to do like self help. Yeah. That's, that's the step. It's not the actual self help part. It's the fact that, you know, you want to make a change. Mm-hmm. That's where you start. But then that whole industry feeds on that emotion of like, we're, we're going to help you achieve your dream. And you're like, mm-hmm. Maybe like I take protein every single day. I take it every morning, every night yeah. before bed. I haven't mm-hmm. been to the gym to lift in like six months, but whenever I go back, I fucking know I'm going to have enough protein. Like I, because <laughs> I've been taking it, you know, it's mm-hmm. that, because I don't get enough of it in my actual diet. So then you yeah, supplement right. your diet with powder protein. Yeah. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part's legit, but I'm not going to say, oh, well, I'm super way stronger because I take protein every morning. Yeah. No, I'm the same strength I'm always going to be. Like, regardless, it's the yeah. Only, there's weird. The stuff. only thing I would say though is because I notice with me with dieting, yeah. <clears throat> when I increase the protein in my diet, mm-hmm. I tend to lose a lot quicker. That's yeah. a thing. Like, Fair. yeah, it's it's just. I mean, I'm not sure if it's just the way I'm 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 built or whatnot, but yeah. So that brings up genetics. Yeah, and whenever so people it, talk about genetics. That's genetics. Like, yeah. will protein heighten your sensitivity to insulin or like how the carbs you're yeah. taking in or that's your genetics. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, you would hear people all the time, people coming in 400 pounds. Oh, I tried calories in versus calories out, and that doesn't work. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, yeah, just taking less calories than you need to maintain your weight, and you're going to yeah. lose weight. Like, I don't care who you are. That works on animals. That yeah. works on humans. If you're taking in less than your body needs, you will get smaller. Like, that's yeah. that's science. But people, that's the part, well, that doesn't work for everyone. No, that does work for everyone. What is different based on genetics is, well, I'm doing bench press or I'm doing, you know, bicep yeah. curls. How big are my biceps going to get? Yeah. Well, that's up to your genetics. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, everyone's arms are different and your wingspan's different and, yeah. like, your shoulders lay slightly different and everyone's slightly different. Like, perfect example, look at Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you Kofi Kingston does bench press four times a week. That dude has no chest. None. None. Genetics. Yeah. He just got the bad stick on that one. It was, yeah. But but then you look at Big E. <laughs> that dude has chest for days. Yep. Mm-hmm. Genetics. I mean, that that's perfect example of genetics. Like, some people yeah. are going to be just hosses. And then other people, not so much. But to say, like, well... Eating cleaner and eating healthier food didn't help me at all. <laughs> oh, really? It didn't help you at all, huh? You didn't get better sleep. It's you, didn't, you know, like oh, okay, sure, sure. It, it, see, the thing is, like, and people misconstrue the whole calorie in, calorie out thing. Yeah, a lot of times they'll be like, oh well, if I right now I'm eating like. 16,000 calories. If I cut it down, <laughs> I'm going to get gains, bro. If I if I cut that down to only 12,000. And it's just like, well maybe if you're 69, yeah. and and like you're already built, like Yeah, maybe. if if you are on steroids and you are literally the guy that plays the mountain on Game of Thrones, yeah. that might work. <laughs> but normal human beings, yeah. No. Are you a no. professional athlete? No, you're not. Yeah. Then why the fuck <laughs> are you taking no, 10,000 calories? Yeah. <laughs> there is no reason for you to do that. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous though. It really is. Like I I I don't keep an eye on the on my calorie count. It's yeah. I just go, okay, I know if I make this, this is good for me for the day. Yeah, yeah. Or um, I got to run to the store. Let me run to the store and it's like <laughs> let me more, yeah. Maury knows because I've, I've mm-hmm. talked to her about it. It's two miles there and two miles back. Yeah. So I'll go, I'll walk go. two miles to the store and I'll go and I'll pick up my stuff and maybe get like a burrito or a sandwich or something like that. Walk two miles back and I'm like, okay, I've done a four mile walk. Yeah. I need a treat. There's my 550 calorie workout. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah for sure. And yeah, that's and that's the best way to do it. And it's because, you know, if I get super hardcore back in it again, like yeah. I do, I, I even got to the point to where I would weigh food. Like I had the little scale and like I'm going to yep. put the rice grains on here. But then after doing that for about two years, you learn it. And you yeah. OK, about that much of this. And that's about 36 grams of protein. And then over here, that's about 420 calories. And I'm usually on by about 10 to 15 calories. Like I got it down pretty well now. Um, We're not going to start worrying about you until you start wrapping yourself in trash bags to reduce the water weight. (laughs) Which is like, yeah, ain't going to happen. And like, I always make the joke that I'm always bulking. Like, Mm -hmm. 
If I'm not bulking, I'm maintaining. I'll stay at the same calories. And like over the past two years without even really weighing food or anything, mm-hmm. kind of knowing it, I've only fluctuated up or down about six pounds. Mm-hmm. Just that like is I've, amazing. I found like homeostasis, what is it, homeostasis, your body wants to find equilibrium. Yeah. So then it wants to stay right there. So like, yeah, I, whenever I would be big time lift and like I had freaking Goldberg shoulders and all that shit, like I was at 219 but I was only at about 10% body fat, mm-hmm. like, which is, it was kind of stupid to get to that point anyway, um, mm-hmm. because I couldn't do things. Like I was at the point to where I couldn't sit correctly in like vehicles and like, I couldn't like scratch my back. Like I, I, I looked like I had T-Rex arms. Like oh, it was like, Scott, okay. it, it was it. like Scott Steiner. Like I couldn't do <laughs> stuff. I couldn't, like I had a lot of mobility and agility, but I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, there were certain things I couldn't do. Like, I had problems sometimes. I would cramp while I was, like, shaving my head. Oh, yeah. Because you're, like, <laughs> reaching back behind here. And now I have all this flexibility because I lost mm-hmm. 15 of those pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was just, there was just too much. And I was like, right. ugh. But what made me feel real happy was I remember, and I talked about it, like, years ago on that. I did for the, because uh, someone asked me to do, like, a fitness podcast thing. So mm-hmm. I did like a two and a half hour long episode just about fitness and answer questions and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And what inspired me was uh, Tom Hardy whenever he played Bane. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, that guy's jacked. That guy's ripped. Oh, my God. That's insane. Like, he looks nuts. And then someone asked him, like, well, what are your dimensions? Like, whenever you played Bane, and, you know, this is at the point where I was, you know, I'm 5'11". And I was 5'11", 219. Um, so he was like, well, whenever I walked onto set, you know, I'm five foot 11 and I was two Oh six. I was like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> I'm fucking bigger than Tom Hardy was as Bane. And then I started like, maybe I need to calm it down a little bit. Cause that's, <laughs> I'm going to scare children. Um, <laughs> but, but for real, like I would, and like, I still get it at work and I'd tell people, I was like, I haven't worked out in like half a year, dude. You simply adopted the gains. I was was born into it. I was just like, I'll I'll give directions to people. Like, and they're like, "Can you tell me where this pudding is?" I'm like, "It's right over there. It's over here." Let me. Just flexing yeah. and shit. And just yeah, that's all I do. I'm just a full time flexor. So like, let's go ask Wes how to do this thing, and they come into my office. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like doing like the crazy sassy Hulk Hogan. Like, yeah, papa, yeah, papa. Indian strap match, brother. Oh, but then it just proves the point as how fucking big some of these pro wrestlers. Yeah, to get onto the pro wrestling train because we do have to talk about Daniel Bryan. Um, yes. <laughs> but like, yes, you know, coming in and weighing, okay, five eleven, two nineteen, and stuff. But then you see someone like Roman Reigns walk by you. You're like, that's a big motherfucker. Like you don't, you don't think about it until you're about 10 feet away from him yeah. and you're, you know, you're in okay shape yourself and all that stuff. And then you're looking and you're like, that dude's fucking jacked. Like, oh my God. But then you also see how the camera makes people look bigger. Like, Dean Ambrose? Not that big no. a guy. Like, no. genuinely not that big. Like, he wouldn't look out of place if you were grocery shopping at a Walmart. Like, yeah. he's just a dude. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, but someone who actually did scare me with how, two people, uh, with how big they were. One was Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. To actually see him in person, it was it was nuts. Because I was a few rows back. I was like, one, two, three, you know, we were on the side guard row at a house show. 
and I was probably eight seats in. Uh-huh. And as he walked by, I still had to look up. <laughs> oh my god! You know what I'm saying? I'm like, fuck! Like, goddamn! Yeah. yeah. So then he just walks up under the deal and does his stuff, and I was like, that guy's a mutant. Like, oh my god! But then uh, the person that I think surprised me the most. And you know, you see them on TV and they look real chiseled and jacked and stuff, but just to see it in person is Apollo Crews. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, God, that guy's scary. And it's funny because my wife was like, that guy has a badonkadonk butt. And like, because it was, it was a true, like, you could tell that dude squats every single day because his thighs are bigger than I am. And I was like, oh my God. He, he's a mutant, dude. He looks like a real life Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so you see these people and you see them on TV and you're like, oh, I bet they're pretty swole. I bet they're pretty jacked. And then they're not. But then the people like Roman Reigns, he's just thick. He's a thick boy. He walks by and you're like, I was not expecting this. Like, I know he looks a certain way on TV, but it's probably because yeah. he wears the vest. He has all this stuff on and tattoos everywhere. But then you stand next to him or like relatively close to him. You're like, whoa, he, I can see why they chose him now, because that's a different looking guy than I thought he would look. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's all, he's got it, man. Like, that guy, we give Roman Reigns some shit, but I see why they picked him. Like, they, yeah, yeah, I could put that guy on a morning show, and he would eat people. Like, yeah, I could see that. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, uh, but, but to the, talk but about. fans. But then the fans sabotage, and we want Braun. So it's just like yeah, the way right. it is. Fair point. We're just like, fuck right. it, Braun. Yeah, he'll flip yeah. shit. <laughs> he'll t- throw another ambulance. Um, oh, God. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, all the yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but to talk about Daniel Bryan. So Daniel Bryan has been cleared to return to action. He actually, yes. was it last week? Him and uh, mm-hmm. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens did their deal at the end and actually had him do some drop kicks and yep had him go and did his uh you know and I, i'm glad those are the two people that they're bringing like has that been confirmed i haven't got to watch smackdown this week has that is that the match at wrestlemania like yes. is it going to be daniel bryan uh let's see are they shane. bringing shane and yeah. shane okay as as of right now um shane is still supposed to be on the show okay mm-hmm. but i mean we're kind of not even sure like how much of a work the uh, the injury was because you right, don't right. throw around diverticulitis. I mean, no. yeah, that's a whatever they said that. And I was like, is this supposed to be a weird like Brock Lesnar thing? Like, are they but diverticulitis is that shit. That's what put Brock on the shelf. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had to kind of retire from MMA for a while to get over that because that's a serious deal. Mm-hmm. Um but then, of course, they worked at his angle whenever he came back the, the yeah. first time. But, uh, but yeah, diverticulitis is a serious uh, condition. And, yeah, it's – I don't know. The whole thing with Daniel Bryan, I'm very excited to see him back. I'm happy that he's mm-hmm. back because I know how much he loves performing in the ring. Yes. He talked about it in his book. You know, he talks about it on Total Divas all the time. Like, he, he trains, and his poor wife is like, babe, you don't need to train all the time. Like you haven't wrestled in forever. And he's like, one day, one day I'm going to do it one day. I'm, you know, so to see him be able to do it again, makes me happy. But like his retirement speech, he talked about having seizures. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he had such brain, brain damage done that he was like, they thought he had epilepsy. They did, you know, they were, and I'm like, you don't 
mess with that fucking bad juju, man. Like, Mm-mm. yeah, I don't want to see a single headbutt. I don't want, you know, I feel bad. I kind of, I, people talk shit on the WWE doctors. Like, why won't they clear him? Why won't they clear him? And I was like, I wouldn't clear him. Mm-hmm. I'd be the bad guy and people would hate me forever. But mm-hmm. it takes one time. Yep. It takes one. And, and, and that scares me to death. And that's one of the reasons why, like, one of the conditions to him being cleared is after every match, he gets a full um, Good. concussion test. Good. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, if he fails even one, it's done. Like, Good. Th- okay. That, that <clears throat> makes me feel better. But yeah. like we talked about even before recording, like, I'm no doctor. We're not doctors. Yeah. If, the, mm-hmm. if his doctor said he's fine and WWE doctor finally buckled and said he's fine, he's fine. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's not up to us. But like, ooh, that shit makes me nervous. I, I don't know. Like, give him a few more WrestleManias and then have him like go back. Have him pull a Christian to where he retired, but not really. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. come out and do a speech. He didn't. He just did stop showing yeah. up. Um, but then he went to TNA. So I mean, there was that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, he was a world heavyweight champion for the NWA. So I mean, yeah. that's not not a horrible thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, and like, good guy. Met him yep. once. Good guy. Genuinely, like a decent person that you could talk to. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I guess Miz was still in his work or whatever, but he hated talking to people, so he was like. Pfft. He like shoo shooed me away, which now I have a source of pride. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's the Daniel Bryan stuff. It makes me happy. I'm thinking of all the dream matches and stuff, but yeah. I'm also like, mm, is this going to be a Mick Foley thing? Is this going to th- be a he'll retire four times? And I honestly think that it's one of those situations where if he fails again and um, can't compete, it's, it's done Okay. because I mean, he's got a family now and all the yes. other stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, he's agreed to these terms. So uh, it's okay. uh which is good. And I mean, cause what <clears throat> the part that scares me is in his book, he talks about how stubborn he is. Yeah. And he was like, I know the way that I work. I know the way that I work best. I'm never going to change. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Ooh, cause maybe like, I love the whole, the whole Ms. Daniel Bryan stuff because mm-hmm. du- during the start of it, like a few weeks after, you know, the retirement speech and all that stuff. And like on talking smack or mm-hmm. talking raw or whatever they were on, uh, whenever Ms. brought up the point, like you think you're a badass and you're talking shit on me that I'm lazy, but I can still wrestle. Yeah. Like you fucked up your own career. Because you're this hardcore, like, oh, look at me being a submission showcase. Guess who works safe and doesn't have to retire? This guy. And I was like, I agree with that. Like, I, you hate to hear it. It got him a huge heat. But <laughs> he's not wrong. Like, he works a safe style. There's a reason yep. why John Cena's been the man for 12 years. Because mm-hmm. he can work 12 years. <laughs> like, yep. that guy's an animal. Of... Uh, same thing with Roman Reigns. People talk shit on the Superman punch, but you could Superman punch in your 70s. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean it's just like the fucking leg drop, you know? Oh, whole, yeah, dude. 
And, like, and Ric Flair, well, Ric Flair's crazy because he takes back bumps <laughs> at, like, 90. But <laughs> that dude's on another level. He isn't even um, getting, like, he isn't even trying to sell anything. He'll just walk out of the corner and back bump and shit. Yeah. And like, what the fuck? He's like, whoa, calm down, sir. Like, you don't got to do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so the guys that work, it, it, there's that old saying in wrestling that you don't know how to work until you work hurt. Yeah. Because you got to hide it. You gotta hide mm-hmm. the fact that you have broken ribs. So what bumps are you gonna take where you don't fuck your ribs up anymore? Yeah. Like that's how you learn how to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see the changes that Daniel Bryan's gonna do. Like I, I still want him to do the running knee, the running high knee, the kinta mm-hmm. knee. Do it. Like do that, great. Don't do the goat headbutt. Get that shit out of here. Don't do the tope. Mm-hmm. Don't do don't do that stuff. Anything where you're, because you look back now, and like I know it's faux pas to say, but you look back at like Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Count how many headshots Chris Benoit takes. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's loaded now. You watch it and you're like, oh, like it. Is that like the a, one? Is yeah, that the yes, one? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That, in, in the back of your mind, you're like, fuck. Like, yeah, yeah great match, great wrestler, but you're like, yeah. You don't want to have that thought of like, this is going to be the one that kills him, or this is going to be the one. But like for some reason, I don't know what it is about me, but that's kind of what I think. Because I was like, okay, I'm interested to see this match, and it's nice to see him out there. But like, I'm almost like beelining in. Like, don't do the top rope. Don't do that. I'm in my mind. I'm like, don't do this move. Don't. Oh, don't mm-hmm. do that move. I don't like yeah. it. And like even seeing. You know, and Daniel Bryan knows how to take the the turnbuckle power bomb or the outside, bomb, yeah. yeah, the, oh, the bomb apron thing. bomb, yeah, the apron bomb. Like, yeah, it's a dangerous move and stuff. But Daniel Bryan knows how to take it because he kind of helped invent the thing. So yeah. it's like mm-hmm. he knows how to take that move. And oh, that's crazy! And now we're gonna bring out the stretcher and play it as an angle. But it's like there's gonna be one time it doesn't quite work like that. Like, yep. and it could be anything. It could be a freaking hell. What happened to? Uh, Oh, I can't think of the wrestler's name, but the Lucha wrestler that was in the ring with Rey Mysterio died from whiplash. Yeah. Just died. The dude just died. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dude died in the ring. Like, they throw him in the ropes. He hits the ropes. Or I think he was prepping for the 619, right? And then, Mm -hmm. like, or something happened. I think it started um, whenever he fell back, and then he literally fell into the ropes. Mm -hmm. And it was a big controversy, like, two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And like whenever he hit the ropes, he was in position for the six one nine. But then I guess what happened is like as Ray was running to go do it, someone bumped the rope again, and like the dude's neck just like severed. It was like oh yeah, and like he was just dead. And oh, it's it was gross. Like it was yeah, and it, he was kind of a he was a son of somebody. He was like kind of royalty. Yeah. Um. I, for, I forget ha- I forget the worker's name, but yeah, uh, it, was, like it was junior or like the second or the third yeah. of somebody of a family. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think it's the last name started with a P, like Pero, something something like it, that. Um, it's that sounds familiar. Yeah, I need I probably should bring it up. Uh, but like Mitsuharo Masawa, mm-hmm. God bless him, one of my mm-hmm. favorite wrestlers of all time, died in the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, you can't, you don't want to think that way, but you're like, it's not, it would not be the first time it happened. I mean, and even if, even if somebody doesn't die in a ring, you, you got like a Hayabusa, 
where he told where him. he just botched a, a moonsault off the second yeah, rope and snapped his has, neck. A move he has done oh uh, 200,000 times. Hayabusa yeah. is like the gold standard on doing moonsaults. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. his thing. He is the flippy dude. Like him, him and Muda. Him and Muda. Him and Great Muda were the guys. Yeah. And he just yeah. got one wrong foot on one wrong night and he's yep. paralyzed Ooh. for life. Yeah. Brutal. Like this is it's not, you know, it's fun and games and we like to talk shop and we like to talk about the kayfabe and all that shit. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. at a certain level, we we understand that risk and like you don't want to see good people getting hurt. You don't want to see anybody getting hurt. I don't care mm-hmm. if you're a good person or not. So, um, so <laughs> kind of, I mean, this is, gets a little bit off of the Daniel Bryan stuff, but yeah. I, I think this is something that'll be good for to get your opinion on. How do you feel about Shibata? I think what they're doing with Shibata because now he's in kind of an ambassador role, right? Like he's a trainer, sort of. Yeah, he's is that right. Uh, he's like a, a kind of like a guest trainer at the the LA New Japan Dojo. Yeah. But he had some very interesting words during the Long Beach thing. Yeah. Where he was just like, I'm not retired. Like, and you're just like, what? Mm. And he goes, I'll be in the ring again. And they're Mm. just like, yeah. So that's another Uh, one I would be worried about. Oh, God. Yeah. Because that dude had a legit brain bleed. Yep. Like. One that was happening on the in and outside at the same time. Like, Uh it was hemorrhaging (laughs) in a pay-per-view, and he had a big old smile on his face. And you're like, brother, your brain could just, like, and it's done. It lights out, brother. You don't wake up from that. Yeah. Uh, I think Shibata as an ambassador and Shibata as a trainer is a remarkably genius idea. It is. Because we need more people like that that has played the rodeo, played at the biggest stages that knows it. The same reason I think it's great that Matt Bloom is freaking Lord Tensai. What's his name? What what gimmicks did Albert. he have? Oh, Prince Albert. Yeah, is the head trainer of NXT. Yeah. Yes, because that dude's worked everywhere. Like, yep. get those guys. Like Norman Smiley. You bet your ass. Like the fact that he's training people puts a giant smile on my face because I was like, I loved watching Norman Smiley matches. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Big Will like, all day, yeah. every day. <laughs> and Shibata. Shibata's one of those guys that he will c- always have the handshake of like, you know how you're a made man and you like yeah. get the handshakes from the Italian mob and stuff and mm-hmm. like you're in? Shibata's in. There is no one on the planet. He's like, uh, he's like Anoki. Yeah, like Anoki back in the, getting slapped in the face by Antonio Anoki was like, you just made it. It's like getting punched in the face by Denzel Washington. You're like, I'm the made man. Like I, I now have the story in the seal of approval saying that like I was smacked in the head by Shibata. Like Shibata took headbutts from fucking <laughs> Ishii. He took, you know what I mean? Like Nagata tore him up. So yeah. this guy's been through the ringer on the hardest hitters yeah. on the biggest stages. There, and I was going to bring up Nagata too. And I was going to yeah, say, man. it'd be like getting stretched by Nagata. Oh my where God. It's just like, if Nagata put me in the arm bar and like locked my wrist out, I would be crying. <laughs> Cause I'm so happy. Like he could, he could break my arm. I'd let him break my arm. Yeah. I'd, I have a big smile, like thumbs up with him in the hospital. Like I did it. I took the move. But apparently, well, apparently in Japanese wrestling, there are those people, right? They're called, uh, Oh fuck. What are they called? Like sponsors, yeah. To where 
they'll buy drink like, oh, I'm a big fan of the Bullet Club. Let me bring the Bullet Club to this club, to this nightclub, and I'll buy all of your dinner. I'll buy all of your drinks. I'll do all of this, and I'd like to hang out with you guys for 10 hours. And they're like, all right, let's do it. All yep. the drinks are on that guy. So then, but whenever you get there, you see this footage of the sponsors, like, taking chest slaps from people. <laughs> so, like, they'll get, like, I want to take a chest slap from Machine Gun Carl Anderson. And he's like, all right, pony up, homeboy, because you're about to get slapped in the fucking chest. Like, and it's just this business, this little wanky business guy from yep. Japan. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And, like, he, he has his shirt open and stuff. And they come up and just wail the shit out of this guy. And he's so happy. He's, like, bleeding down his chest. And he's like, I did it. I did it. You're like, what is this? Like, oh, it's so funny. And it's a whole different sponsors thing. sponsors have their employees do it for them. Yes. Where it's just like... Yeah, my uh, my my employee over there. Uh, I mean, I think he uh, needs three uh, three chops from uh, Finn. <laughs> so so get Fergal up there; and he'll give them to you, baby. Uh, it's hilarious. Just it's a whole different. One. It's a whole different idea. But yeah, like Shibata is royalty. I would say Daniel Bryan's royalty too, because he yeah. he's wrestled everywhere. He's done it all. He's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's worked the indie circuit. I mean, and that's why I really like that segment about how Kevin Owens and, you know, uh, which, by the way, they got their old Twitter handles back. Yeah. Like Kevin Steen now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, El Generico said hello mm-hmm. on Twitter. So yep. makes who, who apparently happy. is, uh, what is it, starting tomorrow, like after we record this tomorrow, uh, for 12 days, El Generico merch will be available on Pro Wrestling Tees again. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Smart, so good. Yep. Kayfabe's not dead. Um, <laughs> but I, mean, I guess he's done saving those orphans. I mean, yeah, that's right. They need him back. They need him yep. back. Limited time. Uh, but yeah, having those two and Daniel Bryan, even if they do a two-on-one handicap match, mm-hmm. like what a great way to get Daniel Bryan back over. Um, yeah, and what a great way for those two guys to. I mean, all three of them came from the. They're cut from the same cloth. Yep. They really are. Like came up the same year in Ring of Honor. So uh, it's or it's like I guess uh, Daniel Bry- uh, Brian Danielson predates him a little bit, but it's still like Christopher Daniels, Zakarian, all those guys, yeah. you know Samoa Joe, and yeah, that was that was a great time in Ring of Honor, and to see all of those people kind of there now is really crazy. It's, it's still it's crazy to me. That truly bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's true. Yeah, the, it, the fact that we are getting AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania is what? Like, oh, I'm just hoping Shinsuke shows up to play. I think AJ's going to make him. Mm-hmm. I think AJ's like, don't be doing your weekly TV shit. Like, we're doing a pay per view. Let's let's do this like Japan. Let's do a rematch of Wrestle Kingdom. If they put on a Wrestle Kingdom match, I'm gonna scream and probably kick a hole through my TV. Like I'm gonna be so happy. Oh, but I can't get my hopes up because the same thing happened whenever they brought in Kenta. I was like, oh, Kenta's gonna fucking break some people's noses. I'm so happy. And like he he did, but of course it had to be whose orbital brain did he? Brian Kendrick. Oh, poor Brian Kendrick. Oh. I do feel bad. I don't like people getting hurt. But once again, if Kenta broke my orbital bone, <laughs> oh, you could bury me right then. It's fine. But you got to remember, like, even Shinsuke, like, Shinsuke broke Austin Aries' orbital bone with the uh, with the Bomier, so. That's mm-hmm. right. <sighs> Woo! 
I mean, it's just it's a thing that can happen. And yeah. I mean, we got the I, I like what they're doing with the cruiserweights now. Yes, they give them stories and let yeah. them do shit. Yeah. And we're supposed to be getting cruiserweight tag belts, uh-huh. which ballsy move, but mm-hmm. it gives them something to do. I mean, I mean, if you yeah. were to I don't think there's enough cruiserweights to warrant tag belts. Yeah. Yeah. But what that might be is that might be prepping. Because, I mean, you know, who'd be a, you know, be who a real good cruiserweight tag team. Yeah. Um, a few Jackson brothers. Um, yeah. You know, you generation me. You know, a few of them young bucks. You get them out there and do some yeah. super kick parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're starting to because, you know, Ethan Carter. All right. We'll bring you in for the ladder match for the North American title. Yeah. The North American title. I know you got the UK championship. That makes total sense. But isn't just NXT the North American title? I mean, to be fair, it's like all the American wrestlers get that shit anyway. Uh, <laughs> like, that's kind of how it's been. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's, it's interesting the dynamics that they're pulling. Because I, I can see a lot of that starting to melt over to the big two, to the Raw and to the SmackDown. And well, let's get, oh, well, let's get, like, when when are we getting the women's tag team championships? I mean. Once again, gonna, it comes down to there's yeah. not a strong enough division. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You, if, and I'm I'm all for the whole equality, like, each show has their, their own roster. Mm-hmm. We didn't need two women's titles, in my opinion. I mean, that should have been something that gone be- that went between the two brands. Well, and I thought that with not necessarily all of the titles, but like the WWE champion mm-hmm. should be able to get called out on any show. Oh yeah, like I I, I felt that that the heavyweight champion of the world. It doesn't matter. Like, if you're in the company, someone from NXT could call you out. And then you're like, fuck, this is my company, man. You want to talk some shit? And then you, like, show up on NXT. Like, I, that's how my view of it would be. It's like, Mm -hmm. they, they are the top of the mountain. So they no longer have to appear on just one show. Now Mm -hmm. they're everywhere. But that makes it more exciting because now every roster gets a chance to work with the champ. And, like, now it brings up your level and kayfabe, it brings up the level of all your people. Um, but a majority of them have worked together anyway, so yeah. it'd be it'd be fine. Um, but it'd be a neat way to keep it interesting, almost like a hardcore belt, like twenty four seven, no rules, anywhere you could be in a parking lot and an IHOP, and if I jump you, you better have a ref because I'm gonna pin you. Um, that's what I, I mean, thought is your main champs need to go across, and like even WWE tag team champions. Same, th- I agree with yeah. that. They yeah. they should be between the two because. They're shallow divisions, very shallow divisions, yep. where you have one team that's the champs, one team that's over, and then the rest that are being buried. Yes. We, we love you, Ascension. Um, yeah. Pour <laughs> one out for Ascension. Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm not doing that with this whiskey. <laughs> my precious. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird because there's, there's so much good talent. Yeah. They have nothing to do. They're better than just house show workers. Mm-hmm. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's funny. We talked about mixing terms and stuff about supplements yeah. and stuff, but people mix terms, even you know, with wrestling, like the term jobber. Yeah, 
I'll tell you who a jobber is, and that's Brock Lesnar. Because mm-hmm. he just comes to get the paycheck. He's yep. not going on the road all the time. A jobber is not someone that goes out and loses. That's not what a jobber is. A jobber is somebody that does this only for the job. Like, yeah. they just go in, oh, my contractual obligation says I have to make 13 dates. Here are my 13 dates. Bye. Yeah. And they don't do any of the make-a-wish stuff. They don't do nothing. They show up. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, shooters like, and hookers and all the stuff from back in the day. Yeah. There's them. a huge difference between jobbers and jabronis. I mean, jabronis are the ones that get, yeah. you know, they're they're there to, to put people over. That's their yeah. whole job. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And like people will think, oh, the jobbers this, the jobber that. No, Al Snow's job squad and stuff. And it's like, no, that was on the nose. But they were poking fun at the people like, I, who was it at the time that would just kind of show up just to show up? And, yeah. Um, like another perfect jobber is Vince McMahon. Like yeah. He's a jobber. He just shows up when he got to, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that's what it is. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of lesser known talent that can work up the ranks. But mm-hmm. then you make your champs jobbers. Mm-hmm. You make it to where I'm going to call out the champ. And next Tuesday, you better be here or you're a wuss. Then you got to watch. Is he actually going to show up? And sometimes he might not. Sometimes he's like, you know what? I had shit to do today. I'm sorry. I- I, Ideal, you know. <laughs> ideally, like championship wise, like the way I would look at it is, and I agree with you with the WWE championship being like between the two, uh, two shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, NXT is a little bit of a stretch because a lot of those guys are still being groomed. So yeah. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, the top WWE championship, the women's championship, the tag belts, those should be between the two shows. But what about everybody else? Okay, well, bring back like the European title, put yes. that on one of the shows. So you have like, for example, the United States and Intercontinental Championship on one on like SmackDown. Yeah. On Raw, you have uh, the Intercontinental and I don't know, like some other other championship. I mean, yeah. um, you have that yeah. there. So you have two secondary titles that are are there that are specific to that brand. Mm-hmm. You have the main titles that are between the two brands. And you allow like especially with pay-per-views now being dual branded. I mean, it doesn't make sense to have such redundancy. Right. And if they really want to build the gimmick on the competing shows, oh, I'm general manager of Raw, which is better than general manager of SmackDown. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything anymore because now everyone has the same championships. Yeah. So it's not like, well, you, we have the world champ. Well, we have our own world champ. Like, yeah. oh, we'll have them fight. And you're like, okay, sure. But what would be cooler is let's say one year, every if, if everything was crossed over and everything like that, let's say every main title was on Raw. It just so happened to be that the, the stack of Raw superstars – were the ones mm-hmm. that held the belts. And then SmackDown gets pissed and does an invasion angle on their own fucking show. Like, yep. you can you can have the SmackDown people come to Raw and infiltrate. So mm-hmm. you have that, or then you have an open challenge from the Raw team. Hey, we're the best brand. Anyone from SmackDown. You know what? Well, even someone that maybe might be from NXT. But then you pull someone like that would have been a cool way to bring back Goldberg or something. And it's like can- they get a ringer. And they're like, oh, you want somebody? Let me get, you know, Kenny Omega. And he's now the SmackDown guy, and he's going to be our ringer to take on AJ Styles, which is your champ. 
you know, and now you have this whole like rivalry feud. So when the draft comes back around, mm-hmm. it's more important. You can yeah. really build it up like, oh, well, SmackDown's a more popular brand because all the champs are over there. So I want to be on SmackDown, you know, um, but now everyone all has the same exact belts. So it's like, yeah, I guess I'll show up wherever I'm hosted at. Who cares? Yeah. And I mean, I, I see the complaint a lot about like New Japan. It's like, oh, they have so many titles. They need them. Like, yes. Yeah. Like the IWGP heavyweight championship gets defended. What? Once every three, four months. Yes. Right. And it makes the belt important. Yeah. I'll tell you that, man. Can you watch a Wrestle Kingdom Intercontinental Championship match? It's important. You are on the edge of your seat because you're like, this is a big deal because they're not going to have a rematch for another seven months. Like, (laughs) this is Mm -hmm. who who is the future of this company? He wants a rematch. He better win the the New Japan Cup. Like, and then there's a built it. Yeah, I mean, Gato and all of them over the they they are they are scholars of the game. Yeah, of like. I am blown away that Jim Cornette is not drooling over New Japan Pro Wrestling because that's what his mindset is. Yeah. Like, have one person be the champ for two years. Then whenever he gets knocked out, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Instead of passing this belt around like candy, you know, we're going to make up a new belt. And here's the new version of the belt. And isn't this shiny? And isn't this a big piece of leather? And, oh, it's blue now instead of red. Like, who cares? Like, it's going to yeah. change again in 10 minutes, so why should I care? It's, I mean, what you really need is prestige to your titles. Yes. New Japan does that very well. It doesn't matter if it's the, even the never open weight, like that is actually pretty prestigious. Like, yes. um, Yeah, it goes to like the heavy hitters. Like, if you're watching uh, a never open weight match, you know there's going to be some fucking strikes. You know people are going to get fucking stretched. That's what you expect out of that. Yeah. You know, you look at like a um, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship bout, you're looking at like the culmination of a story, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just the way it is. And and the belts mean something. It's not like WWE where, you know, like, oh, well, like Brock's had the, the championship for, for how long? Like, I yeah. think that him having it for as long as he has which has been about a year now, right? Yeah, because that's whenever you won it from Goldberg, right? Yeah. Last WrestleMania. And it's like, oh, well, he doesn't def- – people make the argument, oh, well, he doesn't defend it all the time. He doesn't need to. No, he doesn't have to. Why doesn't yeah. he? He's a champ. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't got to be shit. Like, yeah. Uh, I've it, never it understood makes, that. It like, makes his defenses more of a deal. Yes. You know? Because you're just like, is this the one where like one of the regular guys gets a chance to hold the belt? You know, right? Yeah, is this going to be the one? Exactly. And uh, and then on the flip side of it, because I can, because uh, keeping the where okay, champ's only going to fight three times a year, so you better pick your poison. That's smart mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. does build that allure to it. But on the flip side, uh, once again, I know every podcast I kind of go on a small little John Cena love train, but. What John Cena did with the U.S. Championship was genius because no one gave a flying shit about that belt. Mm-hmm. They were like, U.S. Mm-hmm. Champion, what is this? Like, this is a Jim Duggan belt from back in 1972? <laughs> like, who cares? It's a gimmick. Like, the whole thing's just dumb. Yeah. But then when Cena held it and he had the matches with CM Punk and he had the matches with Daniel Bryan and he had the matches mm-hmm. with Alberto Del Rio and it was the best shit they had ever done in WWE. Like... 
that I still I still freak out the fact that CM Punk was able to do a pile driver live on Raw televised and didn't get fined out the ass. Mm-hmm. He did an actual I will drive your head into the mat this has been illegal for 20 years pile driver. And mm-hmm. then John Cena follows it up with a freaking like a Canadian destroyer. He does the full front flip, grabs CM Punk, does a flip, and drives his ass down with a pile driver. And I was like, <laughs> John Cena, what the fuck? Like, it blew me away because they they were like, oh, this is for the U.S. belt. This is a big deal. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? And then they go out and they have maybe match of the year that year on Raw, fucking televised. And yep. they break laws. Like, they, they break the wrestle code. They do all this shit. And you're mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. What are they doing? I was I was this close to expecting a chair shot to the face. I was that they were already <laughs> going and breaking all these rules, and I was like, I'm this close to seeing it. Yep. CM Punk getting wailed in the face and just to break every rule they have in the book. And but yeah, and then whenever you know John Cena pinned Punk one two three, that place popped like crazy because they were like, what did we just watch? Like John Cena's doing moonsaults off the top rope. Like what mm-hmm. is happening? This is Bizarro Land. And then Daniel Bryan comes out. Who messed out. with his move set? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hold on. Who told him to go out there and wrestle? Never do that again. Like, he's going to hurt himself. <laughs> but it was clean. It was beautiful. Yeah. And then the fights with Daniel Bryan. And then he mm-hmm. brought up Cesaro. That's where Cesaro got his first big push, was that mm-hmm. U.S. championship match. Like, Cena did that thing wonders. And then who did they give it to after that? And it got fucking buried. Because... There was there was incentive until someone else won it, and then it was one of those. Oh, I'm going to lose it tonight, and then I'll win it back, and then I'll lose it tonight, and then you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. John Cena had it for about a year, and yep. over the year he fought every. He did the open challenge. That's yep. what it was. It was the open USA Championship challenge, and anyone in the back that thinks they can get this belt from me, come and take it, and no one could. You had mm-hmm. NXT guys come up. Yes. Had, yeah. I mean, it's Great. just I I thought it was. Like, honestly, it was one of the better ways to handle that because mm-hmm. as a secondary title, I mean, it still needed importance. You couldn't yeah. just throw it on, you know, somebody and say, well, you're the mid card guy. Do it. You yeah, give it yeah. to somebody at the top of their game that's been yes. there for a while and let them kind of add a little shine to that belt, so to yeah, speak. You for know, sure. Absolutely. That's what I thought they were going to do with Daniel Bryan, oddly enough whenever he won the Intercontinental Championship. Because mm-hmm. in his book, he talks about belts in importance and things like that. And he was like, oh, it's a shame WWE doesn't have those. He was like, I really appreciate what Shinsuke Nakamura did with the Intercontinental Championship in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yep. He had it for what, like four and a half years or something? Something like, like no that, one, yeah. No Holy one could shit. take it. Oh, yeah. And he, that's where he, it was like him versus Shibata. Him versus, um, like, Bushi. Him versus the... That was the first time I saw him versus Kota Ibushi. Was that? It was for yep. the Intercontinental Belt, but it wasn't at Wrestle Kingdom. It was on mm-hmm. like some G one climax something, mm-hmm. and unreal. Like it was violent. It was beautiful. It was like, and I was like, who are these guys? Because mm-hmm. I should have been watching this shit years ago. <laughs> and it, it was like it was short hair Shinsuke. Like yeah. it was back whenever he was like tussling it out a little bit and stuff. Pre-Chaos Shinsuke, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, before that really started taking off, he was still wearing his traditional wrestle tights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And But they started working hard, and you're like, there is something to this. and But it allowed them to all evolve into what they become. Yeah. 
And it's like, okay, so now it's because of the Intercontinental Championship and people wanted it so bad, but they could never quite get it. That you had mm-hmm. these like built-in stories. And that's why that Wrestle Kingdom match between Ibushi and Shinsuke is poetry. Like, it's for that belt. And that they already tried it a few times and Ibushi could never quite get it. He couldn't quite get it. And he still couldn't get it. You know, fuck. Yeah. You know? And then you do the payoff on that same pay-per-view of Okada not being able to beat Tanahashi. And then, like, <laughs> openly weeping. Like, Okada was weeping as he's getting escorted back to the thing. And he's like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then Tanahashi says, like, I like the cut of your jib, young man, but you're not the fucking ace. And I was like, <laughs> oh! Like, <laughs> it's just, like, heart-wrenching. And you're like, Okada's going to get it one day. He's going to get it one day. And the yeah. next Wrestle Kingdom, it happened. I you mean, know, what and, is it? Shinsuke fucking carried that Intercontinental title up until about the time he left. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he got beat by... um, by Like New Year's Dash or some shit. Like, a yeah, couple days after Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. He ended up and, dropping he got, it. and he dropped it to... Uh, oh, God. It wasn't Ishii. It was... Uh, who did he drop it to? Now I got to remember it. Um, but it was one of those like shocking, like, oh, my God, it mm-hmm. finally happened. Um, mm-hmm. And they were ballsy enough to just make it happen. And so it was like kind of a devastating blow. But it still it, it didn't take anything away from Shinsuke. And it certainly didn't take anything from the belt. It boosted mm-hmm. up the person that won. And that's what should happen. Instead of like, oh, it's the USA belt. And like, now it's a burden. Like, you hold on to this mm-hmm. while I use the bathroom. Like, one of those type of things. It was more of a... John Cena is going to use this belt as a platform to showcase other talent. And then the person that they deem worthy is going to win it from him. Like that's what that was a catapult for. Nakamura actually didn't lose, lose the belt. He dropped it. He vacated it when he left. Hmm. So he had it. So Um, if he ever goes back, he's like, give me my belt. (laughs) Well, okay. So here, here's the, Shit, he had five fucking reigns. His first reign was uh, 313 days. Then he dropped it to La Sombra. Better, you know. Yes. Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, We ended up winning it back Mm -hmm. for 168 days. He lost it to uh, Tanahashi. Uh, He won it back for 76 days. Lost it to Bad Luck Fale. Then he won it back uh, 224 days. Lost it to Goto. Goto's who I'm thinking of, I think. Yeah. And then he you know, then he won it back and he had it for 120 days before he dropped it. God, that and is like, then, four uh, years, like three. And four then years. at New Beginning uh, was Tanahashi and uh, Omega. And uh, Omega got the title after that. So hmm. that's a. That's yeah, a there's only been person. 17 champions and five of them are Nakamura. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, how loaded is that shit? Like, the only um, other person that has. Like there's only two other people that have more than one intercontinental title reign, and that is Goto and Tanahashi. Only two that have more than one reign. Mm-hmm. See, and that's where you know WWE goes on there. Like the numbers don't lie, and they do all these stats. And oh, it's of eighty-five tons of people have been inside of the Royal Rumble, and you're like, all right, but like that number is interesting. Like there have been seventeen people, and five of them are Nakamura. And you're like. God damn, like that holds weight. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, here's the other thing. Like, yeah, he had five reigns. 
Combined defenses were 17. He only defended it 17 times over between the of three, 2012 yeah. to 2016. Yeah. He defended it 17 times and held the belt for a combined reign of 901 days. Dang. That's nuts, dude. The next one, uh, Tanahashi, uh, five defenses, 322 days total oh, combined geez. reign. That's I mean, nuts. that's yeah. They 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 just don't hand those things out. No, <laughs> like they keep them close to the chest. Yeah, um, I mean they'll transition them between like between guys for like story purposes. But yeah. typically, if you end up if, if your name isn't Tanahashi, if you get a belt, I mean they see something in you, mm-hmm. and they're gonna yes. keep it with yeah. you for a while. Yeah. Tanahashi is kind of one of those guys where you've been here long enough. We'll give this to you for now. We know you'll do, you know, you're the ace, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're the fucking yeah. ace. Yeah. You'll hold it for like 90 days and then you'll drop it back to them and yeah. it helps build, build stuff up. So it gives you something to do and people like yeah. you. And- yeah. It, it gives you something to do. So you don't have to get that bicep taken care of. And oh. he needs to get that shit taken care of. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's wrestling oh. again. So, I mean, that's oh. a thing. Yeah. These people, man. Tanahashi doesn't give a single fuck. Yeah. Like, he's just like, I'm healed. They're like, no, you need certain. No, No, I'm healed. Yeah, he's like, no. Yeah, he's like, Cena. Yeah. Oh, God. But but the weird thing is, Cena actually does heal. Mm -hmm. And that either tells me steroids or he's Wolverine. Like, (laughs) one of the. Because when was that elbow thing? You remember whenever he had that giant, like, it was almost like a cyst on his elbow. It was huge. It was like fluid and stuff and mm-hmm. you know he made the joke he was like well you know and he shows it to the camera and he's all proud of it and he's like well you know they told they, they told me i'm gonna be out for nine months on this and everyone cheers and he's like i'll be back in six weeks and everyone's <laughs> like oh ha, ha, ha. motherfucker was back in six weeks <laughs> like he was actually back and people were like it, it was funny you could see people in the crowd were actually like that's really impressive, actually. <laughs> that takes people out for like a year. That guy came mm-hmm. back and they said nine months. I'm saying six weeks. I'll I'll see you next month. And yeah. it's like <laughs> three weeks later, he's back, and you're like, what the fuck. And, he, and he's actually healed. Like yeah. it's not a oh, he's just fighting through the pain. And he's so tough. There's no it's scar like, anymore or anything. Like yeah. it's completely. And like those the behind the scenes WWE.com stuff. Like even doctors are like. So you want to tell us how you do this? Like you just, <laughs> you have like life altering injuries and then you don't anymore. You mm-hmm. just don't, you just heal and absorb and then you're done. Well, it looks like Cena broke his neck in this match. Oh, he'll be fine by the time he makes ah, it to the back. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he'll do the interview. It's great. Um, oh my God. But like, once again, that's why he was champ for 12 years. Like mm-hmm. that guy, you can't stop him. You cannot nope. stop him, you yeah. know? And what I'm hoping to kind of wrap up on Cena is I'm hoping that he's becoming old, folgy, bitter Cena. Mm-hmm. It's not quite, it's not quite a heel turn. No, but it's like you rascals. You don't know what it's like. Like I can, I can get behind that slightly gray hair, salt and pepper Cena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm down for that for sure. He can still come out in the jorts, but because then that story takes a turn to where like, yeah, he doesn't change, but now you can build the sympathy of like, he's kind of the old man wanting his limelight back. Mm-hmm. Right. And he wants to kind of Hulk Hogan, whenever he does the, this and the, this and the yeah. oh, brother, blah, blah, blah. and mm-hmm. you're like, at a certain point, it's almost like sad. It's like the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. And you're like, 
That movie is so heartbreaking. It, uh, that is my favorite. Well, who's the director for it? The guy that did like Requiem for a Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Yeah, Aronofsky. My favorite Aronofsky movie because it's heartbreaking. It's oh yeah. Oh, it's so heart wrenching, and it has uh, what's his face, Necro Butcher or whatever. Yeah. I was like, get on you, man. Get you the Screen Actors Guild. Get get yeah, you a credit. I mean, it's <laughs> it's kind of like I, it's one of those films that. If you haven't seen it, like I Ooh. definitely recommend it. Absolutely. Have have fucking tissues though. Yeah. Because you will fucking cry. And like, it's and the reason why it's so sad is because it's so real. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like my favorite deal and kind of a spoiler, but like you actually have to see it in the movie to really get the mm-hmm. emotional impact of it. It still gets me because, you know, here's uh, Randy the Ram Anderson, what's his name? Like I know it's Randy the Ram. Yeah. Um, and he does this like ram horns and he comes down with elbows and stuff. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't worked in a while. No place wants to book him. He has a bunch of drug mm-hmm. problems. And then he gets he actually gets a job like his girlfriend, who's a stripper, is like, no, we need to get you a job. Like, you know, you're going to do this job interview. I know a guy. He works at the grocery store. Um, maybe they can get you a job at the meat market, uh, yeah. like the meat stuff. And oh, like, the yeah, I I know oh, what you're talking about. So like that's the part where I started bawling because it was so mm. beautifully shot and so good. But Mickey Rourke is putting on his apron to mm-hmm. go to work. Like it's the third or fourth day on the job, and he hates it. He hates the job, but he knows he has to do it, and he has to mm-hmm. try to change his life. And he's like putting on his hairnet and stuff. But then they put in the sound of like lacing up behind the scenes, Randy the Ram Anderson, mm. and the crowd going crazy and stuff. But it's just a lonely guy. And he's like, just putting this stuff on. And then mm-hmm. it builds and it builds. And he walks through the curtain. You know the curtain at the grocery store yep. where you mm-hmm. go and you do that? But they sync it up with him walking through the like big rope for WrestleMania or whatever. And like mm-hmm. huge crowd roar and stuff. And then mm-hmm. the crowd roar dies down. And then you hear the shitty music over the intercom. So it's this weird dichotomy of like, you know that's what he's thinking about in his mind. But... Well, I mean, life, the kind of you know. kind of preface things. Um, I mean, the beginning of the film, he's asking for days off so he can do wrestling shows. Yes, because yeah, he's yeah. working as a as a as a receiver for like a gro- for the grocery store. Yep. And it's like, and they're just like, we can't give you every fucking weekend off, you know? Like, yeah, you need to be. Where it's, what, what, you know, then he asks for more days, and like, oh, would the price of tights get more expensive for you and yeah. stuff? Like, mm-hmm. just little shit like that. Oh, it's, it just mm-hmm. digs at him. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the ending, you're like, oh, this is tough. Yeah, it's oh, tough to watch. <laughs> the, the, like, like, um, I know I've heard like workers who have seen the film like talk about it, and I'm not talking about like guys coming up. I'm talking about like the Pipers and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, Pipers just like that was the truest and yeah. most heartbreaking wrestling film I've ever seen. Vince then you McMahon have, hated it. Vince yeah. hated it. Oh my god! <laughs> Vince like, hated it. Um, Cornette hates it because it exposed the business. Like, yep. yeah, oh yeah. my god! Uh, but Vince didn't want people to think about that side of it. They wanted like, yeah. oh, Ultimate Warrior is a superhero. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. your favorite from being a kid. But like, this is the real shit. And yeah, mm-hmm. and like, but that's why. And they didn't. You know, Vince didn't want Mickey Rourke as part of WrestleMania. But mm-hmm. Chris Jericho's like, no, he's a brother now. Like Mickey yeah. Rourke doing that movie and putting mm-hmm. himself out there on behalf of us. He's a fucking yeah. brother. I'm going to have him punch me in the head at WrestleMania 
and he's mm-hmm. going to get a big crowd pop because he deserves it. Like because that's... work, work, learn to work yeah. for that movie. Oh yeah, like he that's that's commitment. I mean, it, you you look at his early stuff. You look at like Pope of Grange Village and stuff like that, yeah. and then you you see his evolution in the wrestler, and you're just like, holy shit! Yeah, man, and he does, and it's so cool to see Necro Butcher, who's a guy that I think is legit crazy out of his mind, but he's really smart. Yeah, he's a really smart guy. He's a really soft spoken guy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they work together like CZW, like they brought him in and they're like teaching him how to, you know, you know, run the roads and skin the yep. cat and let's do all, let's do a go home and we're good to go. But I, I need to go back and rewatch it because I want to pause it and see who I can see in it because I think mm-hmm. Becky Lynch is in there. She may but, have been, but she's still a brunette. Like she's yeah. not orange hair, Becky Lynch. She's mm-hmm. uh, what was her name before? In the Irish uh, Wrestling Federation or whatever it was. Oh, I, f- I forget. Uh, um, she might have been working under her her shoot name, uh, Rebecca Quinn. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Becky she Quinn, been. something like yeah. And right, it's so there's people like that though, and you're like, wait, I know that person. Wait, I know mm-hmm. that person, and you're like, <laughs> you like see them, and I want to go back now because I bet some of them is probably going to be like Kevin Steen, and like, and I'll mm-hmm. be like, they were that fucking man. Who knew? Uh, but what's what's even funnier about that movie, like, is a lot of it was filmed like around where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, I'll be nice. watching it, and I'm just like, I know, I know that house. I know that I video know that rental place. store. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh. like, oh, I know that street. I got robbed on that one once. You know, it's just like, <laughs> God. Oh my God, I got jacked on that one. Yeah. Oh, and then just a scene where he's in the trailer and he's playing Super Nintendo because that's <laughs> the only that's the only wrestling game he was in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all the kids come over and he's like, have I showed you this game that I'm in? And they're like, oh, whatever, old man. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, like yeah. it's, just, it's like Virgil the movie is what it is. <laughs> no, 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 because he's not like he doesn't invite them in and go. That'll be $20. <laughs> yeah, $20. Please. Yeah. Oh, speaking of to wrap this up, I know we're, we've already run real long, but uh, mm-hmm. there's the newest OSW review that's on YouTube and stuff. And if you don't mm-hmm. watch old school wrestling podcast, go do it because they watch an entire pay-per-view. It's all, honestly, it's a lot like uh, what you guys have going on with gimmick back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, they talk about just the past and history and stuff of these workers as it comes up and mm-hmm. super funny show. They have a what bar segment, like great stuff um, to where they make wrestlers look like, like what candy bar do they look like? Oh, well they're wearing <laughs> red and black. So he looks like a crackle bar. Or whatever, like <laughs> they they do that all the time, right? Um, but they, <laughs> but they actually have a, uh, yeah. Their most recent one is is pretty magical. They, uh, God, what do they? They, they, they talk about the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and uh, they talk about some past Royal Rumble stuff, which is why I thought about it with the uh, the Mickey Rourke stuff. They bring up some just really weird stuff. But yeah, they they bring up some uh, absolute gems, and it's stuff that I think like next episode we can talk about because digs into some deep history on a few wrestlers, and it's really interesting. Well, and I mean, it'd be great if Marco's back from his fourteen week ferry from Japan. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, we'll we'll get him on. We'll get him mm-hmm. on. We'll get the good brother himself on. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll shoot the shit. But guys, thank you. <laughs> so much for hanging out on this uh let's see how how long have we gone almost two hour podcast Good times. it is what it is right um, well i but, mean we we missed a lot because we were gone for a month so mm-hmm. that's that's true yeah we were getting schedules worked out and everything but we're back and of course 
you can find us on, let's see, freaking Google Play Store. You can find us on iTunes. You mm-hmm. can find us on twitch.tv slash Precipice Podcast. Is that yep. the right? Yep. Precipice yep. Podcast. That's it. Um, go to that one. We didn't bring it up this time, but like my, my slow movement back to Twitch is yep. <laughs> picking up more steam because now mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't feel like doing any YouTube videos. Yep. We're just doing live streams. That's kind mm-hmm. of where we're going yeah. right now. So I got some more stuff coming, but Are- right now it's just live streams. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what we're doing. Um, but yeah, so thank you, Maury, mm-hmm. for joining. It's always a pleasure. And Good thank to you, be Ms. back. Yeah, thank you, Mr. <laughs> Todd, for being here. Yeah, good time. But that's our time, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out. We will see you next week, hopefully next week, uh, here on Brothering Around. Bye! Bye-bye! <laughs> I love the princess wave. <laughs>